1: Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the
2: beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with
1: Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden,
0: Colorado. Hi, this is Scott Trout, CEO of the domestic litigation firm Cordell & Cordell. There are many life changes that can happen after divorce that make it difficult or impossible to uphold requirements of your divorce decree. The orders issued in a divorce are based on the facts presented at that time, but the circumstances used in issuing those orders can obviously change. If you feel a modification to your court orders might be necessary, talk to us at Cordell and Cordell. Contact
2: cordellcordell.com, 1065 East Hillsdale Boulevard, Suite 310, Foster City, California 94404.
3: Hey there, folks. You're listening to the Washington episode of the 2018 Team Preview Series, a special edition of RotaViz Radio. My name is Neil Dutton. You can follow me on Twitter at NDutton13. Our guest today is Mark Bullock. He's a contributor to the Washington Post, focusing mainly on Washington. We'll talk about some of the key players in the Washington offence heading into 2018, particularly Darius Geis, Josh Doxon, and the two tight ends. After the interview, we'll take a few minutes to think about some of the things Mark and I talked about. Then we'll take a closer look at some of the key players mentioned using some of the apps on Rotoviz. for those of you who don't know Rotoviz is a sports data and analytics site that publishes over a thousand articles per year and has a suite of more than 20 proprietary apps go to Rotaviz.com to check out the site and now let's bring on our guest mark bullock Delighted to be joined now by Mark Bullock. You can follow him on Twitter, at MarkBullockNFL. He's a contributor to the Washington Post, mainly about the Washington Redskins. Mark, thanks very much for taking the time to join us.
1: Thank you for having me.
3: Uh, We'll get straight into it. Um, Given the somewhat um, enigmatic nature of the ownership of Washington, certainly in the last 20 or so years, is Jay Gruden going into this season on the hot seat, or is he fairly safe Barring some kind of disastrous two and fourteen, three and thirteen type season, uh, I
1: I think he is somewhat on the hot seat. I don't think they would necessarily fire him straight away if 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 they had if he had an eight and eight season. Um, but I think he would be on the hot seat at least a little bit. He'll, he'll be feeling, let's say, warm rather than hot, um, because he's going into his fifth year now um, and after sort of five years you would expect him to to have sort of things together to to be contending for the playoffs and and pushing through past sort of wild card range into sort of the championship games um so i i would think he he would be sort of in contention for the hot seat but I, sort of last year they had lots of injuries and stuff which kind of almost was a write-off and for the amount of different things that he's had to go through with front office nonsense with uh, like Scott McLuhan being hired and then fired and all of that drama um, and the Kirk Cousins situation, which he didn't really have any control over, that all of that kind of stuff has he still seen them into being a competitive team, and schematically he's still a very good coach. So I would, I wouldn't be surprised if he got another year if he went sort of eight and eight uh, around five hundred. Um, but if he didn't manage to get into that sort of level and they weren't competitive at all then yes I would say he would be on the hot seat Uh,
3: You mentioned obviously with Kirk Cousins he's no longer there now, he's obviously with their Minnesota, Uh, the Redskins did make the trade to bring in Alex Smith do you think that Washington will run the similar type of offence they have been with Kirk Cousins or do you think they'll make some changes to better suit Smith's skill set?
1: Yeah well any good coach will try to suit the personnel that they they have And, and Alex Smith is a different quarterback. He's a little bit more mobile, um, and and so they had in Kansas City. They had the read option stuff and the RPOs and uh, all the quick screens and that kind of stuff in the offense for him. So um, I would expect some of that stuff to come over with him. But at the same time, Jake Rudin's schemes are very good, um, particularly the passing concepts um, and. Alex Smith has played in plenty of different West Coast conferences before. Um, there's, there's plenty of carryover conceptually um, from what Smith was used to in Kansas City to what the Redskins do now. There is just uh, different verbiage, different terminology, which he'll have to pick up. But I, I would imagine, for the most part, it would be fairly similar, but we, we might see more of the, the RPOs and the... Um, the read option stuff and, and stuff that lets Alex Smith use his mobility to his advantage as well.
3: I do know one criticism that some fans of Washington and observers have had, uh, certainly over the last few years with Kirk Cousins, is that once the team gets into the red zone, then pretty much a 27-yard field goal is probably going to be coming <laughs> very quickly. Is that something that it was a Kirk Cousins issue, or is the red zone offence is that more of a Jay Gruden issue?
1: Um, it, I, I personally have thought that it is more of an execution issue than a schematic issue. Could they have some better plays lined up? Possibly. But at the end of the day, it is on the players to execute what's being called. Um, and the, the big criticism of Cousins during his time in Washington is, is he had the tendency to be a little gun-shy. After early on in his career, he was a little too much the other way and threw too many interceptions. He had that five-interception game against the Giants a few years ago early in his career so so he kind of went the other way and is now a little bit too conservative and that showed up most in the red zone when it's much more compact and there's not as as much space as there is in between the 20s i think that plays into it um and they they also gruden's also a big fan of trusting his guys to go and win matchups so Guys like Jordan Reeds to win fades um, and, and Josh Doxon especially to win fades but, and Kirk Cousins wasn't a particularly good fade ball thrower. So that's not to say it's all on Kirk Cousins. Um, they, they, they've had receivers that have made mistakes. Um, they've had protection issues. And as I said, they, they could have some better play calls in certain situations. But I would say it was more of a execution issue than something Jay Gruden was particularly at fault for.
3: Um, obviously one of the acquisitions made this off-season on offence uh, was Darius Geis um, is he ha, where, where did you rate him uh, coming into the draft and how much of a upgrade over uh, Samarji P. Ryan and Rob Kelly could he be
1: yeah I was very high on him before the draft I, I had him as sort of my second or third best running back uh, probably my second um, in terms of all-round performance I um, and so um, I, I thought that they could have justified taking him at 13. So to get him in the second round was a huge bonus. So he's a, he's a significant upgrade over what they had um, on first and second down. Chris Thompson is obviously there on third down, and that will be Chris Thompson's role. Uh, it's more of a pass catcher and a blocker, and, and he's fantastic on screens and what have you. But, but Geis will be the guy that they, they used to carry the load. Um, He'll be the workhorse, and he is a significantly better runner than than P. Reiner Kelly. He has much better vision. He has much better feel for how defenses are are fitting their, their gaps, and he knows how to make his reads and process them quickly and find holes, and then he's an incredibly physical runner. He he can outrun people to the edge or he can just say hey I'm bigger than you, I'm stronger than you I'm going to run you over and he does it so yeah I think he's a huge upgrade um, and I think he could be a very important part of the offence this year
3: And is it going to be as you mentioned Chris Thompson will come in and do uh, the bulk of the pass catching uh, work on the back, is this going to be for the large part and the early downs Darius Geister's, uh backfield or is there going to be any type of committee with P. Ryan and Kelly
1: I would think it would be Geis' backfield, um, and if he were to get tired or get an injury or what have you, then they would look to possibly go to P. Ryan or, or Kelly, but I think it will be Geis as the as the main workhorse, and then Thompson as the third down guy. Uh,
3: when it comes to the receiving uh, game, the main wide receivers seem to be Josh Doxon, uh, Jameson Crowder and Paul Richardson. Josh Doxson has been he's shown flashes over the last couple of years of you know the type of player that the uh, the Washington hoped he'd be drafting him so high how confident are you that he could emerge and become something of a breakout star uh, in 2018
1: that would be the biggest question I think of the offense um, it's how Doxson steps up to being a uh the number one guy. When he first arrived he was behind Jameson Crowder, uh, Pierre Gosson and Deshaun Jackson so he rarely saw any playing time and he was also injured for the majority of his first season. So last year was kind of his his first real full season um, and he had some ups, he had some flashes but he also had some downs and I, I think what they're looking for him from for him is, um, is consistency and, and to give him the opportunity to make the plays that was one of the big things that Kirk Cousins and him didn't gel particularly well because Cousins wants to trust a receiver and and the kind of trust he would have in Doxson, Docton, is not a typical receiver in that he separates vertically rather than create space on the ground from his route running he, he can go up and get a ball over a defender and that's not something that is natural to Cousins, Cousins sees a defender close and it's, oh that guy's covered so I can't throw it to him rather than oh well he can leap over him and get him and if you look last year at what Alex Smith did with someone like Travis Kelsey, um, okay, he's a tight end, but he was used as a receiver more often than not. When Kelsey had a man on him, Alex Smith wasn't bothered. He would throw throw the ball up and give him a chance to go up and get it, and he would trust Kelsey to go and get it, and Kelsey would most of the time. So I think Smith will be much more adept to the type of receiver Doxon is, and they'll be hoping that he... That Doxson will repay that faith in him, and and he can prove to be the the guy that they drafted in the first round a few years ago. But there is certainly skepticism, um, and certainly it's it's probably a make or break year for him. I would imagine.
3: If you're going to have Alex Smith as your quarterback, one thing you can pretty much guarantee is that the tight end is going to be a big part of the offense. You mentioned uh, Travis Kelsey with the Chiefs. I think Smith has had a you know talk drop into fantasy for a minute. I think he's had a top ten tight end in fancy points in seven of the last eight seasons obviously in terms of talent when it's all going well Jordan Reed has shown he can be one of the best in the NFL where is he standing going into the season is he healthy and can he get back to what he was doing in 2015 and 2016 in your opinion
1: Uh, I think if he can get healthy yes he can Um, because he there are There is no, in my opinion, there's no tight end that runs routes better than him. He will separate against anyone, cornerback, safety, linebacker, he'll separate and he'll win rounds. The issue has always been getting him on the field and keeping him healthy. Um, And there's no doubt the injuries are taking a toll on him. um, And there's the questions about concussions. He's had multiple concussions throughout his career so you wonder how much that's taking a toll on him as well. It's hard to say exactly where he's at now. I think they expect him to be healthy going into training camp, but they also thought the same thing last year, and then there was this niggling foot injury that he couldn't really get over, and that sort of dragged on into the season, and then he never recovered from it in the end, and his season was basically lost. So, but as far as I'm aware, he's he's healthy right now, but how long that lasts remains to be seen.
3: Obviously, he was injured, as you say, for large chunks last season, but Werner Davis was able to come in and you know, admirably uh, man the force, as it were. We've seen in the past, going back to San Francisco, that Davis and Alex Smith did have good chemistry. Is there a chance that Davis can continue to be a part of this offence, or is he just going to come in to spell Jordan Reed or play if Reed is, is missing, do you think? Uh,
1: no, for sure. There is definitely potential for him to um, be... The offense. Um, they, they used two tight end sets when when Reed and Davis were both healthy together, and that was actually one of their more effective uh, personnel groups um, because they could they would get defenses into base personnel, and they could split both Davis and Reed outside, and they would effectively have a, a spread versus uh, a base personnel, and that would be a huge advantage for them. So, I think they can definitely do that. And, and they can definitely get the most out of him and, and use both Davis and Reed at the same time. Um, and if Reed isn't healthy, Davis is a very, very good replacement. So, yeah, I think, I think they'll be fine with using most of uh, Davis if, if possible.
3: Uh, flipping over to the other side of the ball, the defence struggled somewhat last year. Uh, they finished 27th in points allowed, 21st in yards. How much do you think they... Have they done enough to get better on the other side of the ball? Or is it going to be a case of pretty much more of the same...
1: They made an effort to improve the defensive side of the ball. Um, they obviously spent their first-round pick on Dron Payne, and they have Jonathan Allen coming back from injury. They've Matt Ioannidis, again, healthy. And last year, to start last season, when they had Ioannidis and Allen in the lineup, they were actually pretty good at the start of the season. They held teams um, to less points and less yards on the ground in particular, and then Jonathan Allen went down, I think, week four or week five, and Matt Ioannidis broke his hand, and he tried to play through it with a cast on, but he wasn't quite the same player. So they, they kind of lost their top two defensive tackles, um, and then they really struggled. So hopefully, by adding to Ron Payne, they, they've reinforced it. They've positive reports on him so far, and they, they, they certainly hope he can join the rotation for those two and, and really improve things up front. On the back ends, they're hoping that Monte Nicholson, um, at free safety can stay healthy he was uh, Jake Gruden called him the Jordan Reed of the defence um, that's how much they how, how highly they think of him but he like Jordan Reed suffered injuries a lot of the time last year he had a couple different shoulder injuries um, and that came from. He's a little bit reckless when it comes to tackling. He'll kind of throw his, his body at people and to tackle them, uh, and it will produce some highlight hits, but it won't uh, keep him healthy. So, but if if he's healthy, they'll they'll certainly be relying on him on the back end as a free safety in the middle of the field, and he's got plenty of range, and that should give the corners. Um, more confidence to, to be a little bit more aggressive like Josh Norman. We, we didn't see him quite as aggressive last year because he was not necessarily trusting who was behind him and and he didn't get any interceptions. A lot was made of that last year. Um, or he might have got one or two, but he didn't get as many as people expected. And he, he, he struggled without having that reliable safety behind him. So with with Nicholson back there, hopefully Norman can get back, get back to the kind of player that they, they're paying him to be. But the big question is the the starting spot opposite Norman um, and the nickel corner. They, they lost Freeland in free agency and they uh, traded away Kendall Fuller, who was their nickel corner, who was possibly their best defender last year. But they lost him as part of the Alex Smith trade. So um, they brought in Orlando Scandrick from the Cowboys to take over the nickel role. But he's a bit of an older player and they, they like that he's a veteran in the, in the locker room. But he... Um, He's not what he used to be. And then they have questions over who's going to start outside opposite Norman. Um, It looks like Quinton Dunbar is going to do that right now. Um, And and they like his upside, but he is a guy that they converted from wide receiver to corner as an undrafted free agent a few years ago. So he's still working on the nuances of the position, but um, they they certainly like his potential as a uh, press corner.
3: So with all the changes that have been made and everything we spoke about there, what does a successful season for Washington look like in 2018?
1: Well, the, the NFC East is always a tough one to predict because I think for the last sort of five or six years, almost nobody's won it successively. So the Eagles obviously figure to be good again. The Cowboys are very unknown um, if, if their offensive line can lead them and, and they've got he Kelly it back healthy they can and not suspended they, they could be something to think about but they have questions at receiver so and the Giants they were terrible but they've done a lot of work as well so it, it's kind of wide open I think I think they would be expecting to sort of go nine and seven maybe ten and six sort of range and if 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 the Eagles can repeat what they did last year then their, their best hope will be trying to get to the playoffs through the wild card as one of the Wildcard spots, um, and I, I think if they could get possibly to the wildcard round or just maybe through it to the next round, then they would probably be relatively happy with what they've done this year.
3: Well, that's absolutely fantastic. Thanks for joining us again. Uh, that's Mark Bullock. You can follow him on Twitter. I say at Bullock NFL. Mark, thanks very much for joining us. Cheers. Thanks for having me. So, that was my chat with Mark Bullock, contributors of the Washington Post excellent chat it was talking about Washington ahead of the 2018 season. When we return, we'll take a few minutes to consider some of the things Mark and I talked about. As you know, the NFL season is quickly approaching. Get ready for it with a subscription to a Rotaviz NFL Pass, which you can get right now for 30% off. This discount is for listeners of the podcast only, and it's available through the NFL podcast homepage, rotaviz.com forward slash podcast. Your subscription gives you unlimited access to all of our NFL content and tools, and best of all, it supports the pod. Again, be sure to get your 30% discount for an NFL Pass at rotaviz.com forward slash podcast.
2: Terms and conditions apply for entertainment purposes only. Void where prohibited.
3: Welcome back to the Washington Redskins episode of the 2018 team preview series for Otovis Radio. Before the break, we spoke to Mark Bullock of the Washington Post uh, about the Redskins uh, looking back somewhat on last season and looking ahead. Washington were a pretty odd team, to be honest, in 2017. They finished seven and nine. They were third in the NFC East uh, behind the Philadelphia Eagles and the Dallas Cowboys. Offensively, they weren't at their best, um, as we said, they, they were missing some pieces, they weren't very good running the ball, Kirk Cousins was was okay from a stats point of view, but they did have a problem sustaining drives, they were 31st on third down completion percentage. Uh, and he was 16th in the red zone. So we've, we spoke about the red zone with Mark about, you know, was it a, is it a Jay Gruden problem or is it a Kirk Cousins problem? He seems to think it's probably a Kirk Cousins issue. So things may be different with Alex Smith. Now, as I say, there's huge changes have gone on on the field uh, for Washington. The most important being, of course, Kirk Cousins is no longer the quarterback, it is Alex Smith. Now, Alex Smith was, you know, something of a revelation last season. He seemed to turn into some kind of, you know, mad gunslinger after being a dink and dunk no disrespect Alex Dink and Dunk player for most of his time with Kansas City what type of quarterback is he going to be for Washington you know are they going to go are we going to see the player we saw last season or are we going to see the player we've seen for most of his career I don't know Jay Gruden give him his due he has his critics but he is quite creative in how he, uh, in how he runs his offence. And Mark did mention that the good coaches will fit their offence to suit the players they have. Now, we did mention that, you know, obviously Jordan Reed, is, uh, you know his fitness is a huge problem. Well, problem, it's an issue for Washington. If he is fit, we've seen he's a, game, he's a game-changing talent. But, as I did mention to Mark, there is a past relationship between Alex Smith and and Vernon Davis, who has done a decent job filling in for Jordan Reed in the last couple of years. If we use the Rotoviz Adjusted Yards Per Attempt, or AYA app, we can see that... Uh, Between 2011 and 2017, Alex Smith's most fruitful connection, as it were, the player with whom he has the highest AYA when targeting, 10.29 yards per attempt, it's Vernon Davis. And this isn't a small sample size. This is off 131 targets. The next most productive partnership, is with Tyreek Hill, who's a bit more of your downfield burner. 9.99 yards, that's from 179 targets. Now, obviously, Smith hasn't played with Vernon Davis since 2012. Things have changed, but we have seen there is that chemistry there. So, the, you know, if Jordan Reed does miss time, which is very likely, he's, he doesn't usually play more than 12 games a season we have seen that Davis and Smith can connect we talked about uh, some of the other players for washington though and the most one of the most crucial ones would be their new running back Darius Geis. very good prospect coming out of college their offense, so their ground game hasn't been the best for quite some time. Last year, their leading rusher was Samaji Pirine, 603 yards at 3.4 yards per attempt. Now, the offensive line wasn't great, we've said this, but Pirine was a bit of a disappointment. So, how good a prospect is, guys? Well, if we go to the Running Back Prospect Lab app uh, on RotoViz, this is another great app. This enables you to put in a whole host of factors to find out how good a running back is. Uh, we go with, you know, the weight, their forty time, their cone, their three cone time, and then you go back to their last year in college. You have their attempts, their yards per game, their touchdowns, receptions, and this will it's, give you the hypothetical comparisons to the player you want. Because obviously, you can't put them in straight away. It's it's a great it's a great app, but it's not that intuitive as yet. We go in. The only downside I'll say to this is the only qualifier is that Darius Geist did not not post a three-cone time anywhere that I can find. So what I've done, um, I've been generous. I think I may not be. He may have been quicker than this. And I've just given him seven seconds for a three-cone. But if we put all this in, it's 218, uh, 218 pounds. 4.4940, 19.75 rush attempts per game, 104 yards, 0.9 touchdowns, and 1.5 receptions per game, which is not a great number, but it is something of a little knock on Geist that he's not going to see an awful lot of pass catching. He's going to lose that to Chris Thompson, but he's got a little bit of a pass catching pedigree. If you look, we type all this into the prospect app, and some of the comparisons we have. Chris Perry uh, from 2004, LaShawn McCoy in 2009, Mikel Leshoure, who flashed for a short time with the Detroit Lions, Bernard Pierce, just a guy, Doug Martin, and then there's two Giants running backs. One of them is David Wilson, and the other is Andre Williams. So the less said about that, the better. But certainly the McCoy and Doug Martin comparison should be in heart, should be heartening, given that Doug Martin has had success in the NFL. Leshoure McCoy has obviously been ridiculously productive, and um, one of few, one of few players recently to have gone over ten thousand rushing yards. So if Geist is everything he's cracked up to be than Washington have got a player at running back for the first time since Alfred Morris. And you could argue that Alfred Morris was only really productive because they had Robert Griffin III uh, to occupy them as well. We're going back, actually, talking about Jordan Reed, the difference he makes to the... um, Sorry to jump narrative, but the difference he's made to the offence in the last three seasons, 2015 to 2017. The difference with Kirk Cousins' numbers when Jordan Reed has been in the lineup to when he's out... They're not massive, but they are just enough to warrant interest. So, if we use the Rotaviz game splits app, look at Kirk Cousins' 2015 to 2017. Um, we got 32 games uh, that John Reed played. He missed 16. So, in those three seasons, he missed an entire season. That's a very, very important fact to remember. But if we look at when Reed played. Kirk Cousins averaged 35.6 pass attempts, 24.6 completions, 200, 284 passing yards, 1.78 touchdowns, 0.6 interceptions, with a yards per attempt of 8.23 and 23.58 PPR points. So that's pretty damn good. Take Reed out. So for that full season, that Reed didn't play. Well, the attempts drop slightly to 34.1. The completions go down as well, 21.5. The passing yards go down to 254.7 passing touchdowns, 1.5, and the interceptions creep up to 0.94, the yards per attempt drops to 7.56, and the PPR drops to 21.73. So we've seen there, it's not, as I say, a huge difference, but over the course of a season, it's a 30-point PPR difference he made to Kirk Cousins not being there. And as I've said, I said to Mark Bullock in the interview, Alex Smith's offense, when he's in there, he targets the tight end, he likes to use the tight end, and they are productive when they do have Alex Smith with them. Another big player we talked about was Josh Doxson, He was a first-round pick a few years ago. hasn't quite you know hasn't quite broken out yet. I think it's fair to say um, Washington are still wondering somewhat what they've what they've really got in Josh Doxson, He wasn't that great last season. He missed a large chunk, if not most of his rookie season. He did play in 16 games actually in 2017. He had 78 targets. He only caught 35 of them, which is a 44 point. Nine catch rate—that's not great. Five hundred two yards did lead uh, Washington in touchdowns with six. Uh, six receiving touchdowns. Uh, Ryan Grant and Chris Thompson had four each. So you know—are we going to see a true breakout for Doxon in the year ahead? We'll use the route of screener. We can type in. Um, this is probably my favorite app actually on Route now, even If I'm going to be completely honest, you can put in all number of factors and you can use it to compare players by season, by multiple seasons. You can even there's a team level one. So again, you can. Compare teams by season or by a span of seasons. So what I wanted to do, I wanted to look at first round wide receivers uh, between 2010 and 2017. And basically I went with the first two rounds. I put Josh Doxon in and I wanted to see players who've had similar starts to their career. As Josh Dachson, so I put that in, and I say Dachson's first two seasons, he's played seventeen games, he's had eighty-four targets, thirty-seven receptions, five hundred sixty-eight yards, six touchdowns, one hundred twenty-eight point four PPR points. I say it's not great, and to be honest, some of the comparisons aren't great either. You have John Baldwin who played 25 games, caught 41 of 100 targets, 579 yards and two touchdowns. Corey Coleman, in his first two seasons, has only played 19 games. He's caught 56 of 130 targets, 718 yards, five touchdowns. Brashad Perryman played 15 games, has caught 33 of 66 targets, 499 yards and three touchdowns. The most encouraging comparison is Demarius Thomas. Uh, Between 2010-2011, Thomas P. Played 20 games, caught 54 of 109 targets, had 834 yards and 6 touchdowns, so he had 174 PPR points. So... It's not the best sample size for players who've started as slow as Doxon had. There is a little bit of hope. It's just a question, as well can he stay fit and what type of chemistry is he going to develop with Alex Smith in this offense? We've seen, you know, the last year, as I mentioned, that Smith showed he was prepared to go downfield a lot more. Does this mean that he's going to do it again? I don't know. Last year might have been something of an outlier. It might have been something he needed to get out of his system. Otherwise we saw the Chiefs may have just gone to Patrick Mahomes instead. So Washington as a team have a lot of problems. problems. They also have a lot of opportunities. There are players who can come in and make an impact because they found themselves in possessions of roles that will have relevance both on their offence and in fantasy terms. So they are an interesting team. They obviously have to compete with the Eagles, the improving um, New York Giants, if they are improved, we spoke to Ryan Dunleavy on an earlier episode, and you've got Dallas, who well, you know, they seem to alternate between strong, weak, strong, weak seasons. Is it time for a strong or a weak one? I don't know. Again, it's part of the great thing about football, the season will be here soon, and all our questions will be answered. Well, anyway, that's going to do it for the Washington episode of the 2018 RotoViz Radio Team Preview Series. I'm Neil Dutton, please follow me on Twitter at n Dutton and say big thanks again to Mark Bullock of the Washington Post for joining us for this episode, and a big thank you to you for tuning in. Thank you for listening to the 2018 Team Preview Series. Our assistant executive producer is Colm Kelly, and our executive producer is Matthew Friedman. Please rate and review the RotoViz Radio podcast on iTunes or your favourite podcast app. Contact us via email, rotavizradio at gmail.com, and follow us on Twitter at rotavizradio. And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to RotoViz at a 30% discount through the Rotaviz Radio homepage, rotaviz.com forward slash podcast.